What's up, everybody? Welcome to the weekly show on the OKC82 podcast. This is Brady Trantham alongside Mr. Chisholm Holland. And this episode, like every episode on OKC82 and on other uh, podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network, brought to you by what? Footlocker and Edmund. Footlocker? New Balance. <laughs> New Balance at Edmund. New Balance at Edmund as Chisholm looks at his phone and... Uh, half pays attention. It's okay. We will fix that in editing. Um, <laughs> yes, everything. Call me Sam Mace. Yes, everything is sponsored by New Balance of Edmond. Uh, everything's back open now. Um, you probably want to go out and get, uh, you know, get healthy, get back on your gym routine. So go to New Balance of Edmond, get some shoes, socks, shorts, shirts, whatever you need. They got it. Go check them out. They'll help you out. It'll help us out, and we'll appreciate it. But uh, Chisholm, we find. No, I got a complaint. You got a complaint. You're not I'm, a New Balance guy. No, I'm following up Adam. Of course. Y'all's podcast was awesome. I was oh, listening to it on my way over here. A very, very great conversation. Obviously very timely with everything that's going on. And now I'm the jackass who gets to come on and just sound like a moron Talk for about a basketball. Yeah. And just I like I'm just formalizing my compl- I'm sorry as well, listener. I know that I'm not as good. Thank no, you. No, 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 no. If um if you had been at the protest with us on Sunday, but don't worry, like I, I know, I know where you stand. You stand on the right side of these things, but you do have other obligations. Well, don't use, as, I wouldn't use right. I wouldn't use right as a direction. Well, I, I don't want to imply any reasons as to why you're not at this protest. So that's I could that, have been there. There's thousands of people there. Well, I know. Well, you could have been. For all I know, you don't. You're not that big on. I was Twitter. there for a portion. I was there. For okay, a well, that's cool. Um, we bounced pretty you, early. Though. If you had been there with Adam and I, you probably would have been on the podcast. Well, I didn't get as well. the invite. Well. I didn't so now know. whose fault is this, asshole? Okay, like asking married people to do anything in this business is such a chore, what especially does that mean? on su- especially on such short notice. I work with Jerry all the time. I don't have kids, but you're married. I don't know. Sunday might be a special time. Am for I you under and- house arrest and not know it? You know what? I probably wouldn't have cared. Uh, there you go. I don't yeah. do a lot. I'm I'm going to use this quarantine thing until the legs just no longer exist. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Like, I, I've actually X'd you out on people I, sh- I can ask, like, hey, you want to go g- do this? You want to go get, have a beer at the apartment and watch an old game? It's like, old Chisholm's like, he's trying to quarantine. So never mind. At this point, it's not doing a whole lot of good. I'm going to Lucky Star once a week, which is a great sponsor. Shout out to Lucky Star. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Give the franchise more money. It's better for everybody. Uh, but Chisholm, we have more news. There's more news. More news. Um, we are past the point of dates because on Friday they pretty much said that the target date for the startup of games in Orlando will be July 31st, which was quite frankly a little surprising to me because I thought this was all going to be in mid-July, not at the tail fucking end of July. Um, so July 31st, in the event that there is a Game 7 in the NBA Finals, that'll be that'll take place on October 12th. October 12th. Um and now we were talking about it's not going to be all 30 teams. It's going to be 22. There's going to be 13 teams from the West invited. Um, I can't remember who the other Eastern Conference team. Washington. Washington will be invited. They're the only non-top eight seeded team currently to go to the Orlando scenario. Um, Shout out for to Washington for being like the little brother who has a cool older brother, and they have to invite him just because it's cool. Their brother, yeah, Scott Brooks factor, quite, right. quite, quite clear. It was John Wall going to be healthy? No, I think we talked about that in the last episode. I think Fred Katz um, said something along the lines of Fred, that John Wall is one hundred percent healthy, but will one hundred percent, hundred percent also not play. Is 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 John Wall's own words? Oh wow, yeah. Well, I mean, I can't. I'm a hundred percent healthy, but I also a hundred percent not play. There There's a go. part of me that doesn't blame him. Part of me. 
Actually, all of me. I don't know how you can just go into if eight you're Washington, games. Washington, I don't think you can make the playoffs. There, there's that as well. The, K, the Kyrie KD thing, I will never understand. But well, that's beside the That's point. a fool's errand. Um, of course, the scenario also includes the eight regular season games that are just going to start from where the NBA left off. So for Thunder fans, that means the Thunder and the Jazz game that never happened is going to happen now. The Thunder's eight-game regular season will start with Utah, and then their schedule will just go as follows as it's currently scheduled. If there is a team outside of these 22 teams that they are supposed to play, well, then they will skip that game clearly and go up against the next team that applies. Yeah. So off the top of my head, they've got the Nuggets twice. They've got the Clippers at the tail end, which is another can of worms, but we'll get to that later. They've got the Heat once again. Um, the Wizards. The Wizards. The Jazz is the first one. The Jazz is the first one. Suns. Is the second to last. Second to last. all of them. Yeah. Um, so kind of a mm, that's a can be tough schedule can can be really kind of, can be manageable I would probably categorize it as manageable so to your point there's seven games that we know the Clippers game will not be the Clippers game be, because, because that by that be, point they've reached their eight game that that would be their tenth game yeah um, there's another team that comes in priority before Oklahoma City in that in that order um, I don't know I the Jazz without Bogdanovich I would feel vaguely confident and the fact and, that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell hate each other yeah the chemistry is going to suck man. yeah I I would I would think that's a and Mike Conley is whatever the hell Mike Conley he's is. older yeah has that gotten <laughs> he's three gotten, months older <laughs> has the quarantine helped that I don't yeah. know um so I would feel good about that one uh obviously the Wizards game would feel pretty confident in the Suns game I would feel confident in uh and you know the Nuggets twice I don't know if that's really the Thunder had better success either. with this team over the Nuggets than they have classically had over the last few years against pretty much the same team. Oh, and Memphis. Memphis as well is one that if Russell Westbrook was playing, I'd be very nervous about. But since Russell's not here, uh, who just always seemed to play poorly against Memphis here recently, Mm -hmm. um, I'd feel good about that one too. That feels like an easy win. Well, the reason my point is like five out of the eight, I would almost chalk up as as wins. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people say five and three. But at the same time, and we're not going to be able to really quantify this in any way right now, but it's just kind of a easy thing to talk about at the same time but I brought it up on the radio earlier today with you Chisholm but I don't know how much stock we can put into the regular season and what I mean by that is you mean the, this previous 60 games or the upcoming eight? the previous 60 games simply because like they've they're going to have three months off I don't care what the Thunder did against the Jazz I don't care what the Nuggets did against the Thunder this is it's the same regular season it counts as the same regular season I just what I'm saying is we simply cannot predict because the Thunder had great success against this team. Sure. That they're going to have the same success against that team in these eight games because of what we've seen already this season. And even in a regular season where there's no t- stoppage, you know, we always say the same things. Well, the regular season is different than the postseason. This is this times 10 because everyone has the same disadvantage. So I don't even know how you can quite clearly predict with some intelligence, what the Thunder's record is going to be in these eight games, where they're going to end up in the playoff seeding, just because we're all going to find out fairly quickly, because if they're going to do all this, they're going to have multiple games played in two arenas like a day. Yeah. So we're going to find out really quick. We're going to have some day games during the week, which I'm on board with. It's going to be great. We're going to find out really quick where this team is, and then we can apply everything that we found out during the season in real time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. I think at this point you just have to evaluate talent. There are some teams that like I was just kind of putting my noggin to it as far as who do I think this could benefit. Like Memphis is one of those teams because 
Obviously, trade for Justin Winslow. He was hurt when he got to Memphis. He had not played Your yet. Your boy, Brandon Clark, was hurt. Brandon Clark was hurt. Both of those guys are going to come back healthy, and you're going to get the benefit of having this weird pseudo-training camp to integrate a guy like Justice Winslow. And so, you know, I think I think that could be helpful, and just so on and so forth. But to your point about seeding, doesn't matter at all. Like, the, you know, they're playing on a neutral side games. All that matters is who you're playing. And I think that we're going to see a whole lot of Gamesmanship. Gamesmanship, especially those last two or three games, of trying to pit one team against another uh, and trying to get the match if they want. We saw that with uh, Denver last year. We saw it with the Blazers last year where they actively tanked to get the Thunder. Correct. And everybody thought, oh, wow, why did they do that? The Thunder are going to crush them now because they've destroyed them all regular season, and we all know how that turned yeah. out. It, se- it turned out Dame wanted that matchup. Yeah, and so I just think, I think there's a portion of that, too, where – the seeding isn't going to matter. Now, if you're a Thunder fan, you don't want to be in the play-in tournament. Like you, you know, you need to try to win all your games you can. I don't know if they. I don't know if they are mathematically capable of. You don't think they're eight games away? But they're eight games away. I'll Google it. When's the last be, time you looked at the NBA standings? Um, I just I read from two different people today that they can finish anywhere from two to seven. I'm I'm efforting. Yeah, but I mean that just goes to show you, like the Western Conference in the middle between one and eight is just they're like, eight and a half games up on Memphis okay so they mathematically can't they can mathematically cannot be the and they've the actually split with Memphis right because they had that gigantic comeback where they were down 24 and then I think they just straight up lost to them the next time yeah yeah the Brandon so, Clark experience there you go um and then, yeah. and then for the Thunder on the on the health thing real quick you know Darius Basie will be back he's already playing skins league with Madison well boyfriend. I don't know how we can't put a banner up now I know <laughs> well you, okay Remember, I brought this up all the time. The defensive numbers were starting to slip, and it was apparent that Darius Baisley is actually a very good two-way player because when you have to replace him with Hami and Abdul Nader more times than Mike not. Mike Muscala. And Mike Muscala. Over time, those defensive numbers started to slip, and it's like, wow, Darius is actually very important to this team's success, and they need him back pretty quickly. Did you see the video of him playing in pickup basketball recently? Yeah, at Skins League. God bless, man. He looked great. I know, and... Uh, Boy Adam was on the podcast the other day. Um, he was talking about how apparently Darius was having trouble against so-called Oklahoma ballers, and I, I defended Darius by saying, "Like, well, Darius, what is, do you mean Oklahoma ballers? You know, guys that are you know guys in the Skins League. There's talent in, the, in, in these in these exhibition games. There's talent, like yeah, former yeah. OU players, former UCO players. Like, there's talent. Um." And Corbin Byford, who's Madison's boyfriend, who uh, you will hear on a pot on the podcast actually tomorrow. I did a podcast today with Madison, and she actually interviewed her boyfriend talking about playing alongside Darius Baisley. There you go. It's weird. It's an inception of a podcast. Um, he was talking about how guys, when they got deed up on Darius, they tried their absolute damnedest to stop him because he's a, he's a dude from the league. So you're gonna a try because of the pride factor, and two, you have no choice. Because he's in the league, you yeah. have to try your best. So he was getting fouled in every play. But I, I kind of defended Darius by saying like, he's athletic. He's not a guy who I would consider. He's on the floor because he's just simply athletic, like a Hamadou Diallo. He's yeah. out there because he's the most talented athlete on the floor. Darius thrives on his basketball IQ more so than his physical gifts. And when you're playing a pickup basketball game, an exhibition game with guys that you haven't played with or trained with or practiced with. You're not able to utilize that as much. And, and they're you, all trying to prove a point again. And they're you. all trying to prove a point. So it's like if you go to a skins game and watch Darius 
And if he's even able to play, because Terrence Ferguson apparently was going to play in it, and then that got nixed because of contractual agreements. I don't know how Darius is able to play in this, because he plays on the same team. He's with the same agency as Terrence Ferguson. Um, and you go watch him play and go, man, he's not as good as I thought. Well, there are reasons, and I just gave them to you. Yeah. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see what this team looks like, but outside of Darius Baisley, as far as rotation play, everybody else has playoff experience. So I think the Thunder are pretty well suited. I know they played bad coming off of rest in three and a half months. is a lot of rest, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they'll rebound fine. Um, but expectations should be what they were before the season started. Yeah. Now, I think from the NBA perspective, because I, I, I was thinking out loud on Twitter earlier today, you might have seen it, but and it's not that big of a I mean, other people thought about this too, but I wonder how much of the NBA, how much they're actually going to look into this play-in scenario. Oh yeah, and absolutely, and say, hey, that worked really well. Let's, let's just well, make you that heard the these norm. Was a year ago, right? Yeah. So I think this was, it, yeah. but it, like four games is such a weird number. To me, it would make sense if it was two. Well, are you more confident in the playoff, the play-in tournament being? brought into a year in and year out basis or that they start on Christmas every year. Those are the two big changes. If I had to, if I had to make uh, one decision, yeah, one I would of, do I would do Christmas. No, no, you're not your choice. Okay. What do you think is more likely on the league? Oh, the side? play-ins. Right, me too. Yeah. Me too. Um I think they've they've wanted to do this and I think this is going to give them the free the free pass at it of giving it a shot. I think the but I think the only way that they could actually work because like how many how many years does the Western Conference have like a team at the ninth spot that could have very well made the playoffs, but then you juxtapose it with the the Eastern Conference, and the ninth seeded team is like ten games below the eight seed, or they're closer to the eight seed, but the eight seed is so awful compared to seven, six, and five. So the only way that this could really work is if you just scrapped conference seeding and just got the sixteen best teams and then had to play in. But that about, that's of course down the road if that ever happens. Yeah, how about the middle ground? That uh, I can't. I've listened to so many stupid NBA because New Orleans, New Orleans, Memphis play-in tournament right now sounds great. That sounds like great TV. Uh, Washington and who's Orlando. Orlando? No one will watch that, even if there's nothing else on, except for you and me, because it's our job. Yeah, uh, I'll watch uh, Vuce put up a big twenty and ten. Um, <laughs> I uh, Rui Hachimura. How to about the, rescue. the Zach Lowe? I think this is Zach Lowe. I hope I'm crediting the right person idea of okay we have this play in tournament we're going to do the bottom two seeds in each conference obviously it's not going to be this upcoming year just spitballing the bottom two seeds the same concept though where if you're within so many games of this number you get to play if not you don't so that if five teams might play in it two teams might play in it 30 teams might play in it never be 30 uh but after the four playoff teams so 7 and 8 in the west 7 8 in the east get decided through this tournament then the one and two seeds from each conference have a quote-unquote draft of who they want to play, regardless of conference. So, you know, so then the seven and eight seed could be two Western Conference teams in the East bracket. Mm-hmm. And the seven and eight seed in the West could be two East teams. So a majority of the playoffs is still conference-oriented. You get some crossover. You likely would get the four best teams out of the bottom of the league yeah. in the tournament. And you would get the element of I can't believe the Lakers picked the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard's pissed. You get that element as well. The the slight. You get the slight. Yeah, I mean, of course, the NBA can go a lot of directions with this, and that's exciting to me just because, like, that's one of the the more fun things about covering the NBA is just 
They're actively trying to, some would say reinvent the wheel in an insulting way, but I'm like, it just makes it fresh. If they're constantly trying to improve their product and a product that's already successful, then that's that's a good thing. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Um, Stagnus, if you're wanting a stagnant league, go follow baseball. What, what are they doing say. right now? Yeah, I mean, they did the same thing for 50 years. That people quit watching and they went, oh. Yeah, in a country with 40 plus million unemployed people that aren't making any money, a bunch of billionaires and millionaires are complaining about hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's fair. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing is them not paying the minor league players. Oh, yeah. Do you know what the total value of a minor league roster is in salary? All the players added together. That has to be like, is it north of 250? No, that's north of 500,000. Yeah, it's like 680. <laughs> that's like pocket change to these all these owners can make these... all these minor league guys whole by just paying six hundred eight thousand dollars out of their own pocket. Good gosh! But they're they're not. Which I mean, hey, man, it's their money. They can do more whatever power they want. to them. More power, like baseball, just do your thing. Um, I I would probably say the last thing before we get out of here, Chisholm, is uh, apparently there's still like a lot of this isn't really set in stone yet, but it, it appears that this is all like this is what's going to happen if the next topic discussed, whatever that may be. Well, are they voting it on Thursday or tomorrow? Yeah. Um, whatever the next topic may be, if we agree on that, then what we agreed on previously is set in stone. That's it, it, that's it, that's how it appears to me because yeah. we would hear about possibly there be a comeback and then we started to possibly hear about a timeline and then so on and so forth. Oh, well, we'll just tweeting out graphics of these are the teams that are in and these are the teams that are out. Yeah. I, at that point, I think it's just law. <laughs> I think the NBA might have been like, oh, Woj said it. I Woj think we said, have like, to do I, it. I guess so. Yeah. Um, apparently, like some of the higher seeded teams, and this makes sense to me, um, are trying to find ways to like, well, what benefits do we have from kicking ass in the regular season and being by far the best teams in the league now that we won't have home, home court, court advantage? advantage. Yeah. And that's going to be a good... Have you heard about them mailing the floor? What? So apparently Disney World has told all 30 NBA teams if they would like to mail quite literally their wooden floor that they use during home games to Orlando, they could set them up during their quote-unquote home games. I, I feel like sponsors would be pissed off about that because you know every single t- big TV sponsor is going to want to have their name plastered on the floor, on the scorer's table, on the walls, because this is going to be... But isn't an- like Chesapeake Energy, or, like isn't the Chesapeake logo on the Thunder home floor? Yeah. Like you at Chesapeake, you've got Paycom in the, uh, on the baseline. Yeah, so I think that would... Like I think that would solve that problem. I, right? I just so feel like... You know, this Sam is, said it would play like a strategical advantage. Like, oh, I know my floor well. I don't know about well, that. Well, th- that's true. Like, what I'm saying is, I think like the Disney scenario sponsored by ESPN, brought to you by ESPN on ESPN, is going to want to have ESPN all over the floor. So I don't yeah. know if you're going to be able to have like the Thunder's floor with Chesapeake Energy Arena on it, Paycom on it, and then ESPN somewhere plastered on it as well. Oh, I think they'll make that work. I'm sure they could. Yeah, I think but, they'll make that but work. But that's a but them setting up and tearing down 22 floors over and over and over again. It's pretty yeah, funny. and the fact well, obviously that would only play into the playoffs, and they're already talking about how in the in these in the first eight games for the regular season they're going to have like four to six games a day. Yeah, in the playoffs they'll have one to two, and then as it gets further along, obviously there's going to be less teams, and they'll they'll be more exclusive as like the the Bucks and the the Bucks and the Heat tonight. And yeah. then the Lakers and the Clippers tomorrow night. Right. Um, I just I don't know what the NBA could possibly do to give benefits to the higher seeded teams, except for you get to choose who you play or you start off. I think Bill and uh, Bill Simmons and Ryan Russillo talked about just starting off up one zero, because I, you have to reward the regular season, even though this is an unprecedented time. You have to reward that because 
I keep saying this team, and sorry Pacers fans if you listen to this podcast, but if the Pacers win, like that type of team wins, it's not going to help the league in terms of this is a legitimate championship. Because people are going to say, well, if the Pacers had to play like on the Bucks' home floor yeah. or the Celtics' home floor, they ain't, they ain't winning those game sixes or game sevens. Yeah, I would say that I think the teams that I perceive as having a real possibility of winning the title are just so much more talented than the others that I cannot imagine a shocker of a team winning just because of home court advantage. And I'll tell you from a gambling perspective, do you know what doesn't matter at all? Home court advantage. It, it, it doesn't affect outcomes. It doesn't affect point spreads. It doesn't affect margin of victory from a gambling perspective. And you know that's millions and millions of dollars. So they're looking into it pretty intensely. So... I, I don't think it's actually going to affect outcomes near as much as people think, except a place like Denver, where I will tell you, gambling will tell you that Denver's home floor is worth points. Yeah, altitude. Yeah, Them, Utah's Utah. home floor is worth points. Those are the only two teams in the entire league that are worth points on their home floor. Everyone else is a net neutral. So I don't think home court advantage. To me, the the fans not being there just sucks for the fans. It doesn't change the outcome of the game, at least for me. Now, if Indiana, to your point, wins the title, I will eat my own words. But that just seems like such a long shot. Well, if Indiana wins the title, it's going to be for a plethora of reasons. It's not just going to simply be because they never had to play a road game. I mean, like it's not. It would be more like because LeBron James got COVID. LeBron, like that would be someone way. got hurt, someone got sick, or teams are just out of shape and out of practice because they haven't played for three months. And it's really hard to ask these players to just turn it the fuck back on, you know. Even though you get a training camp and eight regular season games. So. Yeah, I think if we have a surprise victory, it will not be because of the home court advantage, but because oh, Giannis got. The virus. I mean, well, I mean, what do you think? Like, have you, you know, splashed it around in your brain? Like, what they could possibly do to benefit the higher seeded teams? Uh, well, they already have a lot of benefit with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Yasin Tatumbo. There you go. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know what more benefit they need. Truthfully, I think the, like I said, I think the home court advantage thing is maybe a little bit oversold. So, I get, I get the. We played 65 games, and we deserve some benefit for having the best record up until this point. I get that. And I get I get Milwaukee saying we were adamant about making sure that Game 7 of the NBA Finals was in Milwaukee. Like, we wanted that advantage. I get all that. Tough, man. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just this it's is random obviously chance out of anybody's the, control. Yeah, this so. is just random chance of the draw. Like, I know it sucks, but just not going to happen this year. But the great thing is, it's not a disadvantage to you. It's just not an advantage that you got. Yeah, and at, at the end of the day, and it's something that we've talked about on the radio a handful of times, is it's going to be interesting to see like what wins out and how quickly it comes to the foreground. Is it talent, just pure blind talent that three or four teams have over the rest of these 22 teams? Or is leadership, chemistry, and all those little corny things, are those going to matter much, much more frequently, much more sooner because this is such an unprecedented thing? There's been so much time off in between that, you know, it's kind of like the Taurus and the hair thing where, you know, you've got LeBron James, got Anthony Davis, got Giannis Tenacumpo. So they're like the hair in this situation where they can just blindly beat you with speed. Yeah. But it's like, well, you know, Sloan said he can sometimes win you the race. And I would equate that with like leadership and chemistry. So it's going to be interesting to see like what exactly wins out for the Thunder, for Thunder fans perspective. Um, you would hope that it's leadership and chemistry because they have it up there. But does hasn't history told us it's not going to be? It's yeah, talent. Look at them yeah. in the lockout season. What two teams made it to the NBA Finals with the Thunder and the Heat? Who probably had more talent than anybody else in the league? The Thunder and the Heat. I don't know if either one of those were the best quote unquote team element that season. I think in shortened seasons we generally see 
you've got the younger legs, you got more talent, you're going to win more games. Well, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I'm I'm curious why this never gets brought up the last lockout year. How come no one brings up the fact that that was a lockout year? The asterisk for the Heat is what you're saying? Yeah. Because it's LeBron. I don't know. I assume. Yeah, and I think that that'll kind of play a scenario in, in this moving forward as well. If the Bucks, the Clippers, the Lakers, maybe the Celtics, if any of those four teams wins a championship, I think people will see it as legitimate. Maybe the Celtics just because they're Boston. Yeah. But if anybody else does, that'll if Houston just, wins it. No one will give Russell Westbrook. No James one will Harden. give like yeah. no one will give them credit. If the Nuggets win, no one will care. If the Pacers or the Heat win, no one will care or say that it's legitimate. And to me, that's kind of worrisome because I think you and I would both respect the fact that no, that team won it and earned it because they had the same disadvantages and advantages as everybody else in right. the situation, and they earned their right to be there by winning a bunch of games in the regular season, and they were the ones who rose to the occasion and took advantage. But the casual fan is going to say, "No, nah, it's bullshit." And that to me is that to me is unfortunate. Like I said, man, I think this is going to be the most important NBA title that everyone assumes won't be. It's the Mega Bowl. Uh, seriously, people will think it's it's unimportant and it'll have this asterisk forever. But in my head, I really think this is going to hold more weight than any other title recently. Yeah, they need Jackie Moon just uh, marketing for this. It's the Mega Bowl. The Mega Bowl. <laughs> Does that mean you have to wrestle a bear at halftime, Brady? There. You, um, no, God, no, no. I don't want to get quarantined for fourteen days. Uh, Chisholm, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I'm glad the Bulls aren't in it. Oh yeah, I guess that's why Trey Young's going to go in the Skins League. Yeah, oh, he, Trey Young already put out his like. So long, farewell, my friend Vince Carter, which was like, God dang, that does suck. Yeah. No more Vince Carter. Vince Carter quit on the Raptors, never forget. (laughs) Is that on brand enough for me that I'm going to bring up the one bad thing that guy did in his When he went to graduate at North Carolina? Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh, God. Are you talking about when he left the Raptors? Or are you talking about recently? Well, like they had a playoff game and he went to go to his, he went to his graduation at North Carolina the morning of and then flew back and then played really lethargically in a first-round playoff series. And then demanded a trade. <laughs> well, it's cold in Toronto. It's cold, cold in well, Toronto. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the weekly show on the OKC82 podcast. Um, Sorry I'm not Adam. No, 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 no. Go back and listen to Adam's show. You can listen to this show as well. And then tomorrow I'll have Madison on. Uh, we're getting back to basketball, everybody, so we're going to try and get back into the swing of things. Hopefully everything works out. But everybody, thank you so much for listening and for Chisholm Holland. Brady Trantham here. We'll talk to you next Wednesday.